0: Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. With us to the book of 1 John, 1 John chapter number 1, we're going to read the first four verses of his word tonight. John chapter number 1, verses 1 through 4. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life, for the life was manifested, and we have seen it. Bear witness and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray you would open our heart to it Lord, we pray that you would open your word to our heart. We realize that it's a spiritual exercise, God of faith, and so we humbly pray, speak. As only you can, and may the hearer know that you have spoken and not a man. We trust now for this to take place. We need it, we hunger, God, for the unction and the liberty, but most of all, speak. Thank you for what you're going to do, as we ask it earnestly in Jesus' name, amen. Well, while the wind is not blowing, I'm going to try to sow a few seeds concerning fellowship. Um, It was on my heart this morning in a great way, and I'm uh, grateful. You you know, there's times when it, it seems it gets in such a big way, if we're not careful, we'll We'll just spill it all. But but he kind of shielded that. And I I recognized it this afternoon as I was looking and thinking about this again. All the importance of fellowship. And I believe that the Apostle John was writing here for a high and a holy purpose. This little epistle, 1 John, is actually one of my favorites. I I love it because it, it speaks so clearly concerning sin. And it calls us out. And it, it, it kind of pulls the mask or the or the covering, the shield that people hide behind. And the apostle John was very courageous in the spirit to write these words. I don't think he was being harsh. I think he was being clear. And oh, how we need to be clear today as pertains to the word of God. Listen, we're in a dangerous time. We're in a time where truth is at risk, right? What's at jeopardy is... Is, is the mixing of the Word into some kind of watered-down gospel that has bits and pieces of truth and, th- and then it's bartered or put out there as if it's the healing balm. But it is not. It can't be, you see. You, you can't take not one jot or tittle from the Word of God and it still be the same. It is what it is, and I believe it inerrant. I, I believe it needs no pilfering by man. I don't believe there needs to be any body trying to create some private interpretation of it. I believe it says what it says, and it means what it says, and we need to line up with it, it, not us. We need to line up with the Word of God. And yet we find here in these first four verses, I believe, the clear and holy purpose of John in writing this short epistle. And I want to share these purposes with you because I believe, hopefully, as we look at this, that we'll recognize Overall, the purpose of not just this book, but all books of the Bible. Number one, and I'm going to pull this from John chapter or verse number three. It says, that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. I believe the first purpose in writing this particular book according to the apostle John and what that he said was that we would have fellowship with the Father. Now, to understand this, we've got to recognize what fellowship means. Now, we know it in the terms as we use it. We call we, we have a building called a fellowship hall, and it's a place where we gather, a place where we communicate, a place where there is sharing, and, and a lot of other things take place in that building, but it is a place of fellowship. The, the Greek word was koinonia, and, and it meant to share. It meant to give. It meant to pray. It meant to unite and to link together. There were so many things that this particular term, it was a common term, and it was used in a common way. Koinonia, fellowship. When when the scripture, when Matthew wrote about Peter and James and John being partners in that fishing business, he referred, he referred to their partnership as a koinonia. He referred to it as a fellowship. Right? It was a joining of these three men together for a common goal and a common purpose. And I say to you today that the apostle <laughs> the apostle John said, That's why I'm writing this. He said, I'm writing this to you. He said, I declare this unto you. And oh, would he forevermore declare the gospel? But he said, I declare this unto you that you might have fellowship with the Father. I tell you the most important thing before you can have fellowship with me. Before you can have fellowship within this church, you're going to have to have fellowship with the Father, right? There's no substitute for that, people. And, and people try to do that, right? They'll, they'll, they want to circumvent the most important fellowship, and that's with God. They want to try to have fellowship with the church or try to have fellowship with one another, but the truth is you can't. You simply cannot. You cannot have fellowship one with another until you have fellowship with the Father. It's like wanting to be a part of a family and yet you've not been made a part of it yet. It's simply not possible. You can't do it. And when we look at this, the apostle John said, I declare these things unto you that you might have fellowship with the Father, but also not fellowship with him alone, but he said in verse number three that you would have fellowship with us. And if you have fellowship with the Father, then you ought to be able to have fellowship one with another. Now, if you read on into chapter number one, you'd, find you'd hear him challenging those that say we have fellowship with God. And he said, even in one place, if you say that you have fellowship with God and yet you still walk in darkness, he said you lie. Right? And you do not the truth. And so fellowship is an extremely important thing. And I believe if the Apostle John was very convinced in this as the Holy Spirit impressed him to write this little book and to remind them that there is a reason that we have the scriptures I want to contend today that not only First John but Second John and Third John and James and Hebrews and Romans and all of the scriptures I believe are meant to create a fellowship between us and the Father and one another. I believe we ought to have fellowship. Have you thought about how many have broken fellowship with God today? And when you lose fellowship with God, guess who else you lose fellowship with? Doesn't it come as a natural occurrence when people fall away from God? Guess what else they fall away from? His people, right? His people, and we see that effect today. It's great among us, and I'm not talking about just here, but it's in every church. Every pastor I talk to is dealing with the same thing. There seems to be a a struggling among the hearts of people to decide who they truly want to serve, who they truly want to live for, and when it comes right down to it, if you don't have fellowship with God, I have no way to keep you here. Right, if you're not right with God, you ain't gonna want to be right with His people. You're not gonna want to be around His people. I tell you, the most uncomfortable thing for a person that is backslid is to come within the congregation of the righteous. And I say that reverently because the righteousness I have is imputed of God. But oh, how I thank Him for it! For there's none righteous within themselves, but God has made us righteous. We are the people of God. We are the saints of God. We are the chosen of God. And brethren, there's many out there today who also have been called out of darkness, and yet they walk now. They walk in a, in a crippled condition. They walk in a way that the enemy is able to steal from them and to create with them such chaos and danger that there needs to be a deliverance in their life. They need Fellowship with the Father. They need fellowship today with Jesus Christ. I believe all would understand or would agree with me today that the greatest joy in my heart, the greatest joy in the Christian life, is having fellowship with the Father. making uh, making certain that there's nothing in between me and God but that it's clear and that we're able to worship him that there's nothing that hinders me from coming before God that doesn't mean I don't have to repent as a matter of fact that's critical I have to call upon him and get right with God so many times throughout the day but there ought to be a desire you see for me to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ that is uninhibited by this world uninhibited by by the sin and allow God and, and His Holy Spirit to work in us in fellowship. You see, the fellowship of God allows us to do a great number of things. It allows me to pray. You see, if I have fellowship with the Father and His Son, then I also have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit of God is a conduit that allows my prayers to reach the Father. That is fellowship. And may I say, if you excuse yourself from fellowship with God, you have lost the most important, the most most extraordinary advantage that the children of God truly have. And that is we are able to talk with him and him with us. What a wondrous thing that we can come into this place today and we can worship God in spirit and that we can join together in truth and and let me say this, I don't know that anybody has an ought against me, but if you do, let's make it right, right? Let's make certain that there's nothing between us and our fellowship as we continuously try to improve the fellowship that we have with the Father. Now, James say, I mean, John here says that, that he's writing this, he's declaring this unto us that we might have fellowship with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. I hope today, and certainly we were in a place of great fellowship this morning, right? It was a place where the Spirit of God was moving from breast to breast, and there was a there was a great or or at least a heightened uh, power that was among us that just draw us together And, and, and it made me love everybody. I don't know about you, but I just, as Roger's already said, I felt so much love around us and that's a power of the Holy Spirit. But you gotta have fellowship, you see. There's people that come and they, I saw them this morning. It was the saddest thing, amen, to look back there while God was doing such a wonder among us. I looked back there and I saw faces that were just miserable. They were so troubled. They were hurting because what they could see they didn't have. Oh, there's no, there's no replacement for fellowship. We, might, we have to have fellowship with God. Now, it's important and the apostle John said it as much. He said it's important that we have fellowship with one another. Because if we have fellowship we can't say that we love God if we don't love one another we can't say that we, we, we we're a, we're a follower of Christ if we don't love one another. These are things that are simple and yet, yet they're the very things that keep us from serving and they're the ones they're the very things that keep us from truly experiencing fellowship with God. John wrote this, and I believe he gave three primary purposes for writing the epistle and As I've already said, I believe that these are applicable to all the books of the Bible. Number one, that we have fellowship with God the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. Number two, that we have fellowship one with another. And before I leave the second one, I want to make sure that we understand that fellowship engages, or at least we engage in fellowship when, when we join in multiple types of things. I believe one is prayer, but I think another is is, is the study of his word. Right now is a fellowship, right? What we were doing when we were singing, that was a fellowship, right? That was a, that was a, a community coming together. That was a connecting, a sharing as everybody gave their own very best offering unto God. That was a, a combined effort and it was fellowship. The singing is fellowship. The praying is Fellowship. Now, I'm going to say that I don't know who prays and who don't pray. I just know who comes up here, right? And surely there's more people praying than what comes up here, right? They better be, or we need another talk, right? Because praying is fellowship. Now, I have a prayer life that don't include you, unless you're on my list, and you probably are. But this... There's a fellowship, right? And when we come together in this particular way and we pray, that prayer is part of that fellowship. So please, don't excuse yourself from that. You see, if you can't come to the altar and pray with us, then I expect that wherever you're at, you are praying with us, right? What I fear for some is that when the altar of prayer is going on, that's your time to flip through tomorrow's schedule. Right? Don't do that. Right? Don't, don't be distracted and allow yourself to disengage from what's going on. Listen, if you're not a part of it, then you wasn't in fellowship. And that's an important fellowship. Amen. We, we ought to agree that the fellowship of prayer is extremely important. Amen. It, ought to, it ought to involve all of us. And if somehow today you you feel like you're not a part of the fellowship of prayer, I want to help you. I want you to understand that every one of us can pray, right? I, I can't do a lot of things, but I can pray. And you can too. And so that makes prayer one of the greatest fellowships that we have as a body. And as the Apostle John was writing, I believe he he really wanted to make it clear. He said, I declare these things unto you that you have fellowship with us. That we be one, that we be together on what it is that he's called us to do as a body for Christ. Prayer is a type of fellowship. The singing I've already mentioned is a type of fellowship. And you say, well, I, I just can't sing very good so I don't sing. I don't think singing good has a great deal to do with it. It's simply fellowship, right? And and what, you know, some can sing better than others. I'll grant that. But the truth is, is that what we all need to do is to make a joyful noise. And we know that, don't we? <laughs> I'll tell you some of the good, and this is the best singing church I've ever heard. I'll just tell you. But the truth is, it's best is when everybody is singing. Because when everybody just lets it roll, nobody knows the difference. Nobody knows who can or can't sing. Because the truth is, is that not what matters. I mean, look behind me. Does anybody see a choir loft? I'm not against choir loft. I'm just saying, here's Here's ours. And it don't include certain, certain ones with great ability. And that fit into a robe. It includes everybody, you see, because the fellowship of singing is a fellowship. And it is meant to be something we do together, right? When I come to God's house, I am expecting to sing with you, Right? Most of the time, I don't come with a song by myself. I'm not looking for, I am looking for the fellowship of singing. Oh, what a wondrous thing. When I have fellowship with God, I can have fellowship with you in the singing. And I can have fellowship in prayer. And I can have fellowship in the reading of his word, right? Because we need the word of God. I can have fellowship in this particular function where where I am in a monologue giving you the word of God as he has given it unto me. And I don't take it lightly, right? The responsibility of of simply expositing truth is something that bears on my soul 24 hours a day. It never leaves me. Though I get weary of it, I thank him for it. I praise him for it. Ask him if you don't believe me. I thank him for the calling. Most are grateful they don't have the calling. But I thank him for it. And this is fellowship, right? As I am here and looking in your eyes, the sheep of his pasture, those to whom he promised to feed. I depend upon that promise. And it is that fellowship that we all experience. And to be quite honest, I hope we enjoy I hope when we come together as a body of Christ, having fellowship with him first, right? That's number one. But when we come together, we ought to enjoy the study of his word, the preaching of his word. It ought to be something that we hunger for, right? We, we, we love the singing and we, we need the praying and we engage and we join. But when it comes to the word of God, there ought to be a koinonia. There ought to be a joining together of all of our hearts To hear the word of God, right? Not the the word of a man, Lord help us, but to hear the word of our God because we we know what great truth there is in his word. And so fellowship is important. Fellowship with the father first and fellowship one with another. Now I could go into all other kinds of fellowships, right? Because we do have other fellowships, but those are the primary fellowships and and in order for us to truly have fellowship one with another, we must first have fellowship with God. But there was a third reason, and I'll close with this one. There was a third reason, and he wrote it for us in verse number four. And he said clearly in verse number four and these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. What a wondrous truth. <laughs> I'm with Mark, praise God. You see, what it says to me is that every book that I turn to, I believe, has that purpose also. I believe it has the purpose of leading me into a right relationship with Christ. Right? And that's where my fellowship comes from with the Father, is having a right relationship with Jesus Christ. And that directly affects my relationship with you and allows the fellowship within the body of Christ. And yet, thirdly, he said quite clearly, but I'm writing this also that your joy may be full. What a wondrous truth. And I believe it's applicable to all of it. Every book of the Bible, every chapter, every verse is meant that our joy may be full. You say, well, I've read some of them and they, they, they quite simply scathe me, right? They, they step on my toes. They, they get on my shit." You know, when it comes right down to it, anything that brings you closer to God brings joy. It brings joy. And I believe the word of God is meant to give us joy that is full. It's so sad today to see so many that suffer and don't have to. It's one thing when people are going through hard times, and, and boy, we've seen it, haven't we, right? We've seen the hard times and the struggles that, that come upon us, and life's hard, sure is. No question about it. And we see that. And we recognize that, that that within itself is just a part of, of life. And, and God proves himself in those circumstances over and over. Oh, but there's so many friends that are out there in sin that don't have to be. Right? That's a, that's a part of life that I don't have to experience. Those are consequences that I don't have to be a part of. I don't have to suffer and allow the enemy to steal and destroy and to allow all of the corruption that goes on each and every day. Listen, if we'll just allow ourselves our relationship with God, if we'll work on that first and get right with God, have fellowship with God, fellowship with one another, then I can tell you a direct result of both of those things is that your joy will be full. Boy, people need some joy today, don't they? Wouldn't it be awesome if every one of you, right? However many's here, I don't know, it, that if everybody, when they went to work tomorrow, I mean when somebody look at you, they say, What is going on? Right? You we can't seem to get the smile off your face. Joy. I'm so glad that there's joy. And I believe that he's brought it to us. A joy unspeakable and full of glory. Do we have hard times? Yes, we do. But it don't mean that we don't have joy. Because joy comes from having fellowship with God and fellowship with you. And that joy he intends for us to have. So don't live in a half-hearted or a second-rate way. I'll tell you today, have fellowship with God and have fellowship with one another and then let him make your joy full. Come get a song, Vicki, if you would. Let's, Let's sing again as we fellowship in song, but let's remind ourselves. Let's remind ourselves that joy is not circumstantial. Right? Joy is not dependent on whether or not the stock market is up. Right? Joy has nothing to do with whether or not somebody likes you more than somebody else. Joy comes from having a relationship, fellowship with the Father and the Son and His people. Do you have fellowship tonight? You really know if you don't, right? It's it's so clear and evident in the heart of a believer when fellowship is just not there. And I tell you, I don't want to trade that, the good fellowship that comes among the, the people of God and being able to lay my head down at night and know that I'm right with him. God's fellowship. No, John said, We declare these things unto you so that you might have fellowship. Now, we may get into the next several chapters of this little book of John, and may I say, they won't cut any of us any slack. But every one of those verses are meant so that we might have fellowship with Christ, fellowship with one another, and that our joy may be full so i'm going to suggest to you we need it if those are the purposes of it then bring it on right let's let's hear what he has to say if that's the purpose of the book would you stand with us if you don't have fellowship tonight i'll give you an invitation to come make it right make it right have fellowship in your heart with god